Amen. If you will, open your Bibles with me to the book of 2 John. And we're going to dive right into the text. So I'm going to start reading in verse 5. I want you to look for those same things we saw in 1 John. Look for the moral test. Look for the doctrinal test. Look for the test of fellowship, relational test. So look for those things as we read today. And now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but one we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting. For whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. Though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete. The children of your elect sister greet you. Amen. Sends the reading of God's word. So we've said this, I don't know how many times. There were three tests in 1 John as we walked through that letter together. The moral test, the doctrinal test, and that relational test. Did you see it again? It's here again. In this little short letter, very pastorally, very kindly, he writes to them. We saw last week how tender he was. But now, starting in verse 5, he calls on them to obey this old commandment to love one another. You see that? Notice he relates love and the law. He exhorts Christian love, true Christian love, is commanded. A lot of people today, a lot of people, they think Christianity does not entail a call to be obedient or, or to discipleship. So this idea of freedom, but it's not just free from sins, it's freedom to just do whatever you want or not do what you want. The idea is I'm no, un, no longer under the law, I'm no longer under any obligation. Rules, if I'm under grace, rules have nothing to do with us in the Christian life. Friends, that is not what the Apostle John says. In fact, John calls us to obey some rules. The commandment, the commandment of love. That, so that's not a contradiction of terms. 
love and the commandment. It's a commandment of love. Notice his words in five and six. Now, I ask you, lady, not as though I were writing to you a new commandment, but one which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. So he's not coming up with anything new. This is not a new teaching. didn't start with John. This is a teaching that's been there. Uh, Jesus had taught this very thing, right? Jesus, John learned it from Jesus. When Jesus makes the exhortation that they are to love one another, he gets it. Jesus didn't make it up either. He's bringing it in from the Old Testament. Moses had told us that we were to love one another. Moses had emphasized that we were to love our neighbor. And then Jesus in the upper room, he knew he's referencing this glorious Old Testament biblical ethic of mutual loves. Jesus says, brothers, a new commandment I give to you to love one another. That newness is not a new ethic. What's new is the next phrase, just as I have loved you. Jesus made it evident. Jesus made it visible. Jesus had given us the measure of what real and true love is in the way he has loved us. Now his disciples are to love one another. Jesus had shown them love. He had gotten down and washed his disciples' feet even though they would all desert him. He got down and washed the feet of the one who would betray him to the hands of his enemies. He had shown them his love in Gethsemane as he prayed and sweat drops as blood from his own brow. He had shown them love when he hung on the tree in Golgotha for their sins with the mockery of the world, with, with hatred spewed upon him in his ears and in his heart, broken. He had shown them love. And now they were to love. We've heard this commandment from the beginning. There's never been a time in your Christian experience, John says, that you did not hear this command, love one another. Every Christian is to obey the great commandment so John says, brothers and sisters, love one another. Jesus said, brothers and sisters, love one another, just as I have loved you. And this isn't the kind of love we normally talk about or think about, how we use that word all the time. This is a commandment from the beginning that we who love, that we love one another. And then verse 5, this is a commandment that you should walk in it. Walk in what? Walk in love. That's the command, that you love one another. And we're to walk in that. So Christian love is not just feeling or emotion, right? It's, it is an obedient response to the love that God has shown to us in Christ. It's what it looks like in practice. And his disciples... Or to respond how? In obedience. By loving one another. Unselfish Christian service for the good of one another. Friends, that's a deliberate choice. It's not emotion, not a feeling. Though emotions and feelings are there, it can't be, it's not the lowest common denominator. It's a conscious choice. 
We seek the best interest of other brothers and sisters. We minister to them out of the gospel, out of a gospel love and care and concern, even at our own cost, we care for one another for the sake of Christ. Real, tangible love, concern for one another, it's being commanded of us. Verse 6, notice the relationship between love and law, right? This is love, that we walk according to his commandments. It's, it's an interesting way to describe love, isn't it? This is love, that we live according to the law. <laughs> this is the commandment, just as you heard from the beginning, that you should walk in it. This is the commandment, walk in love, right? To love is to walk in God's commands. On this, the, and so this is nothing new, right? This is the same thing that Jesus taught. This is the same thing that we have in the Old Covenant. Remember Jesus' words? On this, all the law and the prophets hang. What? That you love God with all your hearts and you love your neighbors as yourselves. So John is summarizing. Here's this great, important biblical truth. Now, a lot of times you hear things like this in our world. Christianity's not about rules. Of course, it's not all about rules. It's about a lot more than that. It's about the person of Christ. It's about the gospel. It's about the power of the Spirit working in us. It's about the glory of the triune God. It's about a lot of things, but there are rules. It's not ruleless. It's not lawless. God's law is not our enemy. Once we come under the reign of grace, the law of God is our friend as we are under the reign of grace. So just simply saying Christianity is not about rules doesn't do the biblical account justice. Because John says, this is the commandment. This is the rule. This is the law. Love one another. Jesus did not say, love one another just as I have loved you, if you feel like it. <laughs> love one another if, as I have loved you, if, if you're having a good day. He didn't say that. Love one another, not because you have to, but just because you want to. He didn't say that. It's a command to be obedient to, to respond in obedience to. Love one another as I have loved you. This is my commandment for you. Love one another. If you love me, keep my commandments. Sometimes you hear law and love like they're opposed to one another. Christianity is all about love. It's not about law. But love is law, according to this passage. The law is love. So you don't set those things at opposition, in opposition to one to another. You don't deny Christian obedience. You do not deny that Christ's followers are to be obedient to him. Friends, that's, that's unapostolic. That's not what the apostles teach. That's not what the Bible presents. It's not in accordance with the word of God. It's not what Jesus taught. We're to love one another. It doesn't come natural all the time. 
But we love one another as an act, a, a glad, joyful, grateful, willing act of obedience to God's word. We live in accordance with God's word. It's an expression. It's an act of love. See how the moral test is worked out here? Are we walking in accordance with God's word? He makes commands. Are we answering those commands? He says, love your, one another. Are we loving one another? He says, if you're walking in love, you're walking in accordance with God's word. Are we doing that? If you're loving one another, you're keeping his commandments. If you're keeping his commandments, you're loving one another. So don't try to separate those things. Those things go together. Love and commandments. The second thing, verses 7 to 11, notice these deceivers are there and they're defined and believers are warned and told to be watchful. Be, be wary, look out, know that this is there. It's an exhortation to watchfulness in the truth. And this truth involves, once again, who Jesus Christ is. Here's the, that doctrinal element. Jesus taught his disciples that they are to go, and they're going to go into all the world. John here talks about deceivers and some others. They're not faithful, and they're not believers, and they're not Christians. And he warns them to be watchful, to be aware of them. Verse 7, for many deceivers have gone out into the world. So this really does echo the promise, right? Jesus sent his disciples out into the world. Jesus told his disciples, hey, there's going to be deceivers. There's going to be false teachers. There's going to be false messiahs. Jesus said that. So I just want to say, if you ever get frustrated about so many, like, false, false teachers and false religions, and you're like, man, what is going on with this world? Know this. Jesus Christ said they're going to be there. All right? So don't get discouraged. Jesus told us that this is the case. Jesus would have been proven wrong if there were no false teachers in the world. There are false teachers. Jesus said there were. But just like Jesus sent his disciples out, these false teachers, they've gone out, just like the Christian missionaries. Jesus sent his missionaries out to the ends of the earth to tell the truth. You know what? These, these false teachers, they've gone out to the ends of the earth. They've gone out into the world too. But they've been sent by someone different, haven't they? They've been sent by someone completely different. They haven't been sent by the Father. They haven't been sent by Jesus. Verse 7 again. This false teaching that they've been telling, what is it? They do not acknowledge the incarnation of Jesus the Messiah. So they deny what Jesus said about himself. They deny what the apostles taught about and wrote about Jesus. They deny the Bible's own testimony about who Jesus is. They deny the reality of his deity because they deny the fullness of truth of the incarnation. They deny the truth. He was fully human. So in two weeks, we're going to start six weeks just looking at the incarnation, from virgin birth to second coming, God in the flesh. So we're going to be out of John's epistles for a few weeks. 
But verse 7, right? Here's this denunciation, absolute rejection of this false teaching. He said, this, is, this person is a deceiver and the antichrist. So let me tell you about these false missionaries. They call themselves Christians. They're, they say they're going to lead you into deeper truths. They, they say uh, they're going to teach you some new things. But listen, they come from Satan. They are the very expression of Antichrist. They are fulfilling what Jesus warned, even before he was crucified and resurrected. They're fulfilling it. Verse 8, he says, be on guard for them. Be on guard, why? Because you might become a spiritual loser if you follow them. Look at verse 9. He elaborates again, right? Anyone who goes too far, he does not abide in the teachings of Christ, does not have God. Isn't that a fearful statement? At one point they said, yeah, we believe in Jesus, but they do not abide in the teaching of Jesus. What does he say? They do not have God. These false teachers, they said they were Christians. And they were telling Christian congregations, we're going to take you beyond what you've heard before. We're going to take your uh, knowledge, spiritual knowledge, to a new level. You're going to leave away behind the old ways. we got something new, radical, to show you. Something so profound. It'll change your life. Oh, it's so compelling. John says, you know what? If you go beyond the truth of Jesus Christ, you not only lose Christ, you lose God. It's amazing, isn't it? How many people today, they want God, but they don't want Christ. They want blessings, but they don't want to follow Jesus Christ. They want, they want all the goodness, but they want it another way. They do not want to come to Christ. They do not want to bow to the knee to Christ. And if that's you here today, I tell you, there is no other way to be right with God except through Jesus Christ. You get it no other way. These left Jesus behind. And John is saying that when you leave Jesus behind, you leave the possibility of a relationship with God behind. Now is John, where does he get this from? Well, he gets it from Jesus who says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except how? Through me. This is the apostolic message. There is no name under heaven whereby a man can be saved but the name of Jesus the Messiah. They're not making it up. They're not narrow-minded. They're not bigot, bigoted, exclusivist. No, no. They're just repeating what Jesus taught himself. John says, if you move past what Jesus taught, you move right past Christianity, and you haven't found God, you've lost him. Because Jesus is the only way to God. The only way to God. You move past Jesus, you move past his teaching, you move past him, you, you move past what the apostles taught us about Christ, you move past the Bible, you move right on out of Christianity. And friends, that's not new. It's very, very old. John is talking about it right here. He says, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, 
true teaching about Jesus. Don't receive him. Don't let him in your house. Don't give him a greeting. Okay? You say, wait a minute, John. Did you forget what you just said back in verses 5 and 6 about loving one another? Because this doesn't sound very loving. This kind of sounds mean and nasty. Not greeting one another? Really? Well, what's he talking about? Is he being mean and nasty? No, 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 no. The reason, the only fellowship we have, the fellowship we have one with another, across every conceivable boundary that exists in this room, the only fellowship that we have is how do we get past all of our differences? It's only Christ. We believe in the same gospel. We trust in the same Jesus. We have the same hope of salvation. He is the Lord. He's the Messiah. He's the one who can forgive our sins. He has given us unity. To deny that, there can't be unity. Can't be unity. No fellowship. No expression of love. Where, where do we build our unity? What, what is our unity built upon? John knows, hey, friends, your soul is at stake on how you answer that question. John's not saying every time you disagree with someone, you ought to disfellowship them. It's not what he's talking about. What's he talking about? He's talking about the gospel. This is the, the heart of the gospel. He's talking about Christ. He's talking about the person of Jesus, the work of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the glorious fellowship that many Christians... Even Christians with disagreements have. But we don't have Christian fellowship with those who deny Jesus. We don't have it. Christians don't dabble. They don't mingle. Yeah, they, so it, this is danger. Here's a warning. Don't so mingle that through your personal relationships, eventually you're cut off from your only hope of salvation. John's emphatic. We should not show hospitality. That's amazing because the New Testament tells us everywhere Christians are supposed to share hospitality one with another. No, why? Why not? Why don't you entertain these false teachers? Because they are the work of the evil one. Be watchful lest you fall into the trap of false teaching. Christians, Pay attention. Wake up. Don't be deceived. Don't welcome a false teacher into your fellowship because he denies Christ. And if you deny Christ, you forfeit God. Last thing, verses 12 and 13. Very quick. Notice the fullness of joy. Here's, here's that relational aspect. Here's the importance of corporate churches, Christian fellowship. John says, though I have many things to write to you, I do, not, I do not want to do so with paper and ink, but I hope to come to you, and I want to speak to you face to face. Why? So your joy may be fulfilled. Your joy will be full. This is how joy is filled through Christian fellowship. It's fulfilled. The, the joy in the Christian life, it's absolutely connected with our communion with God, but also with our communion with one another. 
There is no fullness of joy without the body of Christ. There is no fullness of joy without one another. I know, and everybody knows that uncle or that friend at work or that person says, oh, I worship God, I just do it on my boat, I'm out fishing, I'm communing with God, I don't need to come to church on Sunday. There is no fullness of joy in the Christian life without fellowship of other believers without gathering together the the usual means of grace, the Lord's Supper, the singing, the prayers, one with another, the fellowship that exists. There is no fullness of joy without that. The encouraging one another to love and good deeds. We're united in Christ together. We can't be indifferent. You can't be cold to that. You can't be, uh, eh, Christian fellowship, I take it or I leave it. I, I get this way. You ever heard this since COVID? Oh, we worship online. We, we do church online. No, you do not. You may do a Bible study online, but you do not do church online. One another. Seeing, loving, caring for one another. God intended us to grow, to experience joy with one another. And then in the greet, the, the greeting at the end, it's just beautiful. We have to talk about that. The children of your elect sister greet you. Isn't that just beautiful? Oh. This greeting rests itself in what? The union that we have with one another. Where? In Christ. So you today, you love God? You're a Christian? Do you obey his word? Do you love one another? Do you keep his commands? Do you walk in them? You today, you're a Christian. You love Jesus Christ? Is it the Jesus of your own opinions or the culture's opinions? Who's the Jesus Christ that you love? Is it the Jesus Christ in the Bible? The one that is presented in the gospel. The one who says, forsake everything else, come follow me. Or are you following some other Jesus? Are you a Christian today? Do you love to fellowship with other believers who believe the same Bible, the same Jesus, who want to live in accordance with the word where you're not going to have fullness of joy? You won't have it until you're fellowshipping with them. May God help us to that end. Let's pray together, shall we? Lord, we praise you and thank you for your mercy and grace in Christ. Help us, O oh Lord, to walk in your ways and to love one another. Cause the bonds of unity among us to grow stronger as the Spirit dwells in our hearts. And let that testify to a watching world that we are your children. By this they'll know that we're Christ's disciples, that we love one another. And for those who have no hope and they are outside of Christ, let them know that you have demonstrated your love, O oh Lord, 
to them, and that while they were yet enemies, Christ died for them. And even today, may they bow the knee to Christ and know the gift of eternal life and the forgiveness of sins. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.